With that, I just want to quickly dive into my sermon for today. Um, I'm going to wind up the series on Elijah. We've been doing this for over two months now. We did have visiting pastors. We did have, we did have some, uh, 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 you know, out of schedule, um, you know, uh, ministries that happened over here. But all was for the good of the church and the blessing of His kingdom. Today, I'm going to wind up the series that we've been doing for the last two months. And today is part 11 of a series we've been calling The Life of Elijah. God has led one common uh, 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 man uh, with no much background that Bible talks about to influence people, to take down the enemy nation and to set God's people in order. That's the calling of Elijah. He was a voice uh, heard in the wilderness and he challenged people in the lifespan that God has given him. Today, I want to I wanna say, Elijah, it's about time for you to take up in the whirlwind. It's about time for you to, uh, my dad asked me, and dad might be watching, my dad asked me, what are you preaching today? I said, dad, I'm about to preach and I'm about to send Elijah to heaven today. Is that wonderful? You've been doing that series for a long time. It's about time for you to send him home. <laughs> But today, as I take my church into 2 Kings, 2 Kings, let's look into that portion. Let me uh, get situated here. Um, 2 Kings. As we look into this portion in, in 2 Kings, uh, chapter number uh, 2, verse 9 and 10. Chapter number 2, verse 9 and 10. 2 Kings, chapter number 2, verse 9 and 10. This is how it goes. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Elisha, this is how it goes. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. We have seen the story of Elijah in the last 10 weeks. The miracles that Elijah did. The, the, uh, uh, the prophets of Baal that he killed and he slaughtered. And all the good things, all the miraculous that God has been doing through the life of Elijah. But can I tell you, here comes the story in 2 Kings chapter 2 or after 1 Kings chapter 19, we see the story where Elijah is frustrated. He's in depression. He's like, God, I can't deal with this. I just want to die. And God says, no, 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 not now. And he waits another seven more years until God takes him up. Right? And during this time, God is taking Elijah through different places. But now is a time when Elijah is about to be taken in the whirlwind. God is about to take Elijah home in this story. But as I continue my message today, I want to remind everybody seated in this room that God's plan and promises and purpose does not come to an end when Elijah goes home. And that is why I want to title my message today as To Be Continued. To Be Continued. What a reminder it is for us. A lot of us, we walk into dead ends and we think my life has come to an end and I have no hope for tomorrow. 
We come to an end. Can you all uh, pan the cameras on me? If people can on live stream can see, put me on this camera so that they can see me. And I walk through a place and I come to the end of it and I see a shut door. A shut dream. I was hoping for something to happen. I was hoping for a miraculous to intervene. But I have come to a shut door. I have come to a dead end. But can I remind you, just because the season and the time does not work in your calculation, does not mean God is done. Simply means that He's about to. It's going to be a new season. I am opening a door for you. It's a new season. We have thought that this is the dead end and it cannot work. God says, no, not yet. Elijah may be. This is your time for, to, for you to leave. But that's the time God brings up another generation. Praise the Lord. I have a huge, this is me personally, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I have a huge problem with ministries named after um, an individual. You know what I mean? Ministry is named after a pastor. Ministry is named after, uh, it's good. Uh, but my problem there is, uh, I pray and I wish that these ministries or these pastors will raise the people as long as they live. It's not about them. It's about God and His kingdom. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? And I want to make sure that ministries within our church, there will be a time. There is nobody who is permanent in this space. There is nobody who says that I am going to hold the chair forever. No, we all have to leave. But I pray under the authority of God, God is developing some leaders under your ministry. Your calling is not to be, uh, uh, you, you, you know, exit out when you are done with it. But I pray there will be a time and season when you say, I think I'm done, but there's already somebody who is walking the walk with you, learning the talk with you, holding the word behind you. They are walking to carry the mantle forward. And I pray that our Zion Church, our story does not end when we celebrate 20 years. Our story does not end when somebody said you are done. But our story ends only when Jesus comes back for the holy church of His. Are you with me, church? I've been reflecting all the years that God has led our church. I've been with this church for the last five years and I've seen God's faithfulness thus far. I've seen God's faithfulness in the last five years. I was talking to some of our pastors and leaders within our church and the last 20 years, we've gone through storms. We have gone through raging oceans. We have gone through everything. But it is the grace of God that we have come this far. And I pray man's opinion does not mean anything to God's plan. What He says will come to pass. I pray, I pray. Leaders will rise up in this house. Evangelists will rise up in this house. Prophets will rise up in this house. Kingdom businesses will rise up in this house. And I'm declaring that this story does not end. It is to be continued. Elijah, you are tired. You work so hard. You want to go home and relax. But can I declare, Elisha is rising up. Oh, I love it. I love this portion here. When there's a transfer of anointing from Elijah's life to Elisha. I love the portion where Elijah is asking Elisha, Son, you've been walking with me for so many years. Zach is asking this question when they have crossed over. Elijah asked Elisha, verse 9, Tell me, what, 
what can I, what can I do for you before I've taken from you? Look at the leader's heart here. Look at the father's heart here. Look at the master's heart here. I am sure, Elijah, you worked hard. But I'm so thankful for the heart of Elijah that says, My story and God's work does not end with me. But Elijah, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? I pray this will be a question that rings in our ears this season. What can I do for the people around me? What can I do for a generation growing up in this church? What can I do for a group that is coming in this family? What can I do to get another group of family to join? This? What can I do? What can I do? In the New Testament, whenever Jesus performed his miracles, he oftentimes asked his people, what can I do for you? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to walk again? Do you want to see the miraculous? What do you want to do? What, what do we want me to do? And oftentimes we come across these portions where Jesus made the people he healed talk back to him. I want to be healed. Elijah asked this question. What do you want from me? What do you want? I'm about to be taken away. There is somebody seated in this room and you've been battling with this question. I think my life, my ministry, all that God has asked me, asked me to do in this season has come to an end. No brother, no, 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 no. It's not over until God says it's over. He has the final word over any other person seated in this room. He has the final word over every, any other demonic oppression. God says, my word is the final word. Your life does not end because your neighbor said so. Your life does not end because your husband walked out. Your life does not end because your family uh, left you alone. God says, I am with you. I'm shaping you for a season that you are about to walk into. But here in the story, listen how it ends here. God's work doesn't end with one person. Are you with me? Listen, God's work does not end with one person. Every person in this room, right? We all have a unique gifting and a very unique influence. Very unique gifting and a very unique influence. I cannot deal with your influence. That's your influence. Every individual has a role to play. But I pray under the unction of God's Spirit, you will train up a generation to lead. Are there parents listening to me? I pray your legacy does not end with you. Our daughters will rise up. Our sons will rise up. Our families will stand strong. I want some parents. I want some fathers in this house. You know, when you wake up every morning, lay hands on your daughter, lay hands on your son, lay hands over your children, your family, and bless them. As a father, you are the priest of the house. And I want some dads to take up your role, what God has positioned you to be. 
You're the priest of the house. When you wake up, I want you to pray and prophesy over your children. My daughter will not walk according to the walks of the culture, but my daughter will walk according to the words of God's Almighty. God's word will prevail in her life. Listen, sometimes God takes us through some testing grounds. Elijah has been asked, Elijah is asking Elisha, what do you want from me? Second thing I want to mention here, the greatest test in our life is to go through a test and not know we've been tested. Praise the Lord. The greatest test in our life is to go through a test and not know we've been tested. Everybody wants double portion anointing. But you don't just get an anointing without a price. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, everybody wants to have a church and a good system and people to speak. But you don't just stumble across a platform to just stand there. Anointing must be paid for. What are you willing to sacrifice? Christian life is about sacrifice. Is that true? Christian life is about sacrifice. What are we willing to do to get hold of the double anointing? Listen, you know, before Elisha was chosen as the servant for Elijah, or before Elijah anointed Elisha, Elijah had another servant. You're familiar with that, right? Elijah had another servant. In 1 Kings chapter 19, I think it was verse 3 or verse 4, when you look into Elijah is now running away after all the miraculous adventures that he has done, come against the king of Ahab, King Ahab and Jezebel and all that. He's now angry. He's now afraid. He's running away. He's in depression. While he's running away, he comes to a place where there was a servant. His name is not mentioned. He asked his servant, "Can you? I want you to just sit down here. Are you with me? I just want you to sit down here. I just want you to be here. Let me go over the other side. I want you to be here. I will go the other side, spend some time with God. I just want to go into hiding. Nobody wants, I don't want anybody to look after me. I just want to spend some quality time by myself. <laughs> how, many, how many introverts here? You know, you've been working too hard with people and then you want your bubble. You want, you want to be back in your closet. You want to be, you know, I'm, 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 people tell me that, Pastor Justin, you're such an extrovert. No. Uh, uh, you know, after I've dealt with, you know, 40 families, 50 families, I just want to go home and not be bothered at all. I'm like, you know, the other day, somebody sent me a video on TikTok and they said, you know, leave me alone. I'm like, that's my story. <laughs> I just want to be left alone here. Don't bother me at all. Story of Elijah. He has a servant who saw the miraculous. He has a servant who uh, was with Elijah when, you know, he shut the heavens and he opened the heavens, the rain, abundance in rain. And he did all the, uh, uh, you know, exploitive work on Mount Carmel. And the servant saw everything. He was with Elijah. In other words, if there is a person who should be getting the double portion anointing, was the servant. That's how the prophetic schools work. When the master is about to be taken away, somebody who walks, works in close association with the prophet inherits the anointing. In other words, when the prophet comes to an end, his life comes to an end, the servant becomes the seer or the prophet in charge to lead that group. 
Elijah's servant had the opportunity to be there. I was thinking, why in the world God chose Elisha over the servant? And I love how the scripture goes. Let's read in 2 Kings. Let's read in 2 Kings. As we look into that portion in 2 Kings chapter uh, number 2, you know, when we look into that portion, uh, you know, we see in different places in the Bible, uh, in 2 Kings chapter 2, we see, you know, Elijah is now asking Elisha to stay here, like he said to his servant. But you know what Elisha said? I won't stay here. Only death can separate us too. Are you with, are, are you trying to, Pastor Prince, can you come here? Can you come here? Can you come here? Oh, I, I, I feel a special anointing in the service today. You know, Elijah, you're Elijah, I'm Elijah. We're walking close, hand in hand, ministering in all of these areas. Elijah is walking with Elijah, going to all the places that God has taken him. But now comes the place where Elijah looks at Elijah, Elisha, and said, Elisha, I want you to just stay here. You know, just calm down, stay here. I will go by myself into the other places, but I just want you to relax here. This is exactly what Elisha said. I am not going to stay here till death do a spot. I'm going to follow you. They crossed over Gilgal. They came to Jericho. They crossed over Jordan. Guess what? Elisha never stopped following Elijah. And that is why God who knew Elisha, even before Elisha was born or conceived in the thoughts of his parents, God knew this is the guy I want to anoint with the double portion anointing. Because he chose to walk behind Elijah no matter what the obstacle was. In other words, the other servant, he saw, oh, you know what? My master was doing good. And when the master is doing good, you know, there is good food. There is all resources. Everybody wants to put them on your stories. You are famous. All newspaper wants to cover you. So as long as my master is in prominence, I can walk with my master and I get the coverage too. But my master went into depression. You, you know what? He wants to hide from the prominence. He doesn't want to do life with people at, at, at all. Now I think it's about time for me to quit. And the servant sat there. And about him, the scripture does not mention anything after that. But then God chose a man, Elisha. And the reason why he inherited his double portion anointing is the decision he made. I'm asking my church today. How many of you make some bold decisions? God honors your decision. We decided, thank you so much. Appreciate you. We decided to follow Jesus as our personal Savior. People, your land is my land. And I choose, I choose to follow you. What did God do? is counted in the genealogy of our Savior. One decision changed her life. One decision changed the life of Elisha. You know the anointing of Elisha? I love reading the Old Testament heroes. Prophetic heroes. I love what God has been doing through them. Even after Elisha died, his decomposed bones we're in, the, we're in the grave. 
But somebody placed the dead boy, dead man in the, in the grave. Guess what happened? The moment the dead man touched the bones of Elisha, he jumped up. He came back to life. The anointing of double portion. I pray. People in this house will be thirsty and hungry. God anoint me. Anoint me. Not what I experienced 20 years ago. Not what I experienced 30, 10 years ago. I needed a supernatural touch of heaven. You know, in today's world, we are so satisfied with two songs and a message and we just want to check mark and go home and relax. Brother, sister, there is more. There is more to our life. There is more than, you know, the two songs and one Sunday service. There is more that God can do through your obedience. There is more that God wants to do through. He honors your decision. He honors your decision. Praise the Lord. And God wants to see a group of people who says, God, I decide today. I may be working two jobs, but I will not miss a Sunday service. I may be working too hard, but I will make sure, God, that my family gets the priority to worship and honor you, God. I choose to prioritize your work. I am tired. I know there are people in this house who work like two or three jobs, very hard, um, trying to make their lives meet and Life's end meet and, but what I'm saying, you know, I, I talk to this, this family and she says, Pastor, I'm tired. But there's a family coming home. I'm sitting down to pray for them. I'm thankful for families who can do that. There are families who are taking that time to pray and minister and communicate the love of Jesus in the ways you can. There is more with your life. Our life does not end with the limited circumstances that we are in right now. God has more for us. And He wants to do, He honors our, our decision. Guess what? As parents, it is our job, I believe, believe, to train our kids to grow in the ways of God. Are you with me? I am thankful that I got this inheritance from my parents. My brother was here last week. What a joy it was. My dad called me today and he said, I'm so proud. You know, my son, oldest son is ministering in Dallas. My youngest son is ministering in Chicago. And, and, and that's the joy I've ever wanted. And I'm thankful for the ways he has raised us. I pray there are young parents in this house. The greatest joy in our life will be not when our kids become influential leaders, which is great. But I pray through their work and their ministry and their testimony, souls will be added to God's kingdom. I am praying this will be a soul-birthing church. Are you with me? Anything God created, if that does not conceive, there is an issue. There is a problem. Because the blessing of God is that you will multiply, you will occupy, and you will deliver. If you are a new Christian, right? You cannot be a new Christian for 20 years. Babies grow. <laughs> I'm thankful for Ariana, but now I look at her, I'm like, oh my God, she is growing up. She looks exactly like me now. But I'm so glad she's not a baby anymore. I mean, she is, but she is growing. Christian life, we don't remain babies anymore. We grow in different stages of life. I pray, I pray. Through the ministry and the work that God has called us to do, we will birth out people. This will be a soul-birthing church. People are hurting. Pastor, how do we do that? Just love on people. 
Just love on people. It's hard to love people. They are so messy. People, it's, it's not easy to do life with people at all. Guess what? God gave His only begotten Son so that people will not be perished. It's our opportunity as a church to partner with the greatest plan of heaven, God Himself. The big, we will raise up leaders. And for as long as the Lord's return continues to be in hold, we will raise up people. There are four things. Can I have my worship team behind me? I'm going to really wind up quickly here. And there are four things that I want to mention real quick. As Elijah continues his journey with Elisha, he goes through four different places. Place number one is Gilgal. He's continuing his journey. Place number one is Gilgal. Joshua chapter 5 verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. In other words, Gilgal means a place of new beginnings. A lot of people, we enjoy what has happened in the past. But God says you're about to step into your Gilgal. And it is a place of new beginnings. In everything, we need a new beginning. A broken relationship, we need a new beginning. Something that is not working out. And we pray, God, I need, just need a new start in this. Can I tell you, you're about to get into that place of Gilgal in the name of Jesus. Are you with me, church? And I prophetically declare in the sound of my voice, and know there are people here with questions that are battling you. You've been battling through in the last season, but can I declare, you're about to step into your Gilgal. Gilgal is a place of new beginnings in the name of Jesus. A new beginning. My reproach has been taken away. It's been rolled away. It's a place of new beginning. Number two, the place is called Bethel. Elijah travels through uh, these places and in Gilgal and in Bethel, they had the school of prophets. He's meeting with his disciples there. Place two is the Bethel. Elijah crosses over Bethel. He meets with his people. He asks Elisha to stay there. But Elisha said, no, I'm just going to follow you here. Place two, Bethel. What is Bethel? What does Bethel mean? It means this is the house of God. It's God's house. The presence of God dwells here. This is the same place where Jacob had that vision. He was lying on a rock and uh, God just showed him a vision where heaven opened up and angels descended and ascended and God gave him a vision. Bethel is a place where God talks to you. Bethel is a place that is called as God's house. And Elijah crosses over this place. And I pray in your walk and journey, you're coming to a place where you will hear the voice of God in your life. You will hear the voice of God. Maybe you have been in a place where you've been wanting a new beginning in your life. Now you're coming to a place where God says, you know what, I am talking to you. It's a place to hear God's voice in your life. It's a place where you dwell in the presence of God because this is the house of God. This is Bethel.
This is Bethel. That's the place too. The next place that he walks through is Jericho. Are you with me? Next place, the third place he walks through is Jericho. What does Jericho mean? Jericho is a place of past victories. Past victories. A place of past victories. God has led all of us in the past. How many of you believe God has led me through this? Jericho is a place of past victories. I can look back and see how God has led me. I can look back and see the grace of God, the peace of God that has sustained my family in the midst of everything that we've been through. But God's grace has led us. Jericho is a place of past victories. Now can I tell you something? Your past victories remind you something here. If God has done it in the past, He will do it again. If God has led you through the oceans in the past, my God will open up the Jordan again. Jericho, a place of past victories. Fourth place is the River Jordan. River Jordan signifies the, the boundaries of Israel. River Jordan signifies the boundary of Israel. River Jordan is also called as a place of death. Biblical meaning. River Jordan means a place of death. A place where the boundaries of Israel has been mentioned. But can I tell you, Elijah and Elijah crosses over. We know the story how Jordan splits and he crosses over and goes over. But can I tell you, it was a place of death. And in Jesus' name today, as a prophetic voice into your life, things that have been holding on to too long that has been suffocating you as you walk through Jordan, those sinful life and sinful practices as you walk through Jordan, in Jesus' name will die. Every demonic oppression and curse that you've been battling with as you walk through Jordan will die. What does it mean? When somebody goes through water, what do we do during water baptism? When somebody goes in the water, they dunk, they come up again. It's a new life. It's a new beginning. It's what God has instituted. Old has gone and the new has come up again. My old self is dying. It is under the water now. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. Your newness comes when you accept the Lord as your personal Savior and you decide to take the water baptism. I become a new person in Christ Jesus. Can we rise up in God's house? Elijah and Elisha crosses over Jordan. Crosses over Jordan. The old has passed away. It is the new beginning in their life. Something new that God is doing. I pray as we meditate on this word here, God will take us to a place of Gilgal. God will take us to a place of battle.
God will take us to a place of Jericho and we will go through Jordan. Everything that was meant not to be in our life will come to an end. God says, I'm doing something new through you, through your ministry, because your work has to be continued. It is my calling over my people. The work of God has to be continued. I am thankful for brothers in this house, families in this house that join hands and lock arms together to work and stand for God's house. The work of God has to be continued, brothers and sisters. Can I say, I'm just going to declare some faith in this room. We will feed the poor and the hungry. In Jesus' name, it's going to happen. In Jesus' name, it's going to happen. We will feed the poor and the hungry. We will have ministries among the homeless people of DFW and around. It's going to happen. The work of God has to continue. The work of God has to continue. God says, my people arise today. You are crossing over Jordan. Every limitation that you had so far will die. And you are coming up as a new beginning in your life. Work of God has to be continued through every individual year. As we sing a song and give our responses to God, the altars are open. Feel free to come forward and worship and honor Him if you want to do so. But I want to encourage everybody, look into this message. Let this message challenge us. Let leaders rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.